It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. There's a huge off-season storyline to follow with Shea Gilders-Alexander, and we're going to rank our 11 through 30 top prospects in the upcoming NBA draft and so much more coming up on the Friday edition of Locked on Thunder. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Let's dive into our prospects number 11 through 30 of the 2021 NBA Draft. We did our 1 through 10 on the last episode of Locked on Thunder. We're also going to start the show with an SGA update. The face of this franchise right now, Shea Giddes-Alexander, announced yesterday that he's out for Team Canada. Now, in his exit interview with us a couple of weeks ago as the season ended, he told us that if he was 100% healthy, he wanted to play for Team Canada. This is a guy who values playing for Team Canada. He likes to play uh, in all these events that allows him to represent his country. And for him not to play, of course, signals he's not 100%. And he's a special talent. If he needed to skip the training camp period or if he needed to skip uh, the early onset of it and just only go over just only go to the actual Olympics itself and not this early portion, the team and Nick Nurse and Team Canada, I'm sure they would let him do that. For him to be forecasting that he won't be 100% for that uh, is worrisome to an extent, but of course not that worrisome because the NBA season likely will not start until November of next year and maybe mid to late October at the earliest you'd imagine. And so by then, SGA should be 100% healthy. The big thing here about SGA opting out of playing for Team Canada. It's sad for SGA because in the best circumstances, again, being 100% healthy, he'd want to play. So it's sad he can't do that. He'll have to wait however many more years longer to, to go play in the Olympics for Team Canada. But also, it's a good point of reflection for who you are going to decide to consume content from, trust content from, because there are quite a few people who had all these sources that all of a sudden knew for a fact SGA's injury was fake. All of a sudden knew for a fact that it was a tanking decision to sit SGA the whole season with all these fake sources. And then they had all the fake sources about Al Horford sitting out and it was not being mutual, but yet Al Horford's family, Al Horford himself, the team, 
They've all outright said it was mutual. They've had all these fake sources about this. And the biggest one being that SGA is not legitimately hurt. It kind of just shows the sources, as we all knew at the time, are in fact fake. This season's done a really good job of, of, of deciphering who you should trust as the consumer. SGA's injury, not fake. Now you can say resting Lou Dort, for example, might be fake. You can say the Mike Muscala ankle injury after already pulling him from the rotation could be fake, but it didn't really matter because they had already pulled him from the rotation. Uh, but we all knew SJ's injury was legit from the word go. Once it once it turned to plantar fasciitis, we all knew it was legit. And it's clearly legit as it's taking away an opportunity from Shea to go play in the Olympics, something that, again, he values. He's not like, some players don't value it. Some players don't really care to play for the Olympics and in the Olympics. That's fine. But Shea does value it. And so for him to stay out of it really puts a stamp on how bad the injury is. Lou Dort, though, did make Team Canada. He joked with us that you know if he makes the team, he wants to play for Team Canada. Obviously, he made the team, and he'll be playing for Team Canada, which is a good team, by the way. That, that roster is a pretty good roster, especially if you factor in that they should have SGA and they should have Jamal Murray. That's a really good, talented roster, Team Canada. Taylor Maldon, though, did not make the French national team, and so we're still up in the air on who else from the Thunder will go play for the Olympics. It could be Poku, probably Gabriel Deck, of course. But the list could stop it at Lou Dort. But we'll see what happens throughout the rest of this summer. But just to update everybody on, this, on SGA, he is still hurt and he's not 100%. He could be 90%, but he's not 100%. We're not sure the percentage that he's at right now, but we just know it's not 100 So hopefully this is not going to linger. Of course, it's difficult anytime you're dealing with a foot injury um, to come back from, and it's always worrisome, especially for a sport like basketball, to come back from a foot injury. We'll see how he progresses throughout this next year. Let's dive into our NBA Draft Big Board 1.0. On the last show, we did our top 10. To quickly run through that right now, you can go back and listen to last show for the explanations. Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, Keon Johnson, Scotty Barnes, James Bugnight, Moses Moody, Josh Giddy. That's my top 10. Now we start at number 11. At number 11, I have Corey Kisper. His age is a big factor of why he slipped to this point. However, what helps him gain background is the fact that I think he has an elite NBA trait. I think that his shooting ability is going to be an elite trait that will keep him in this league for a long, long time. He's also a good enough defender to where he's not going to be exposed in liability. But that shooting is what will keep him in the league. And honestly, having an elite trait, having something that you can for sure fall back on, if you never progress past this point, a trait that is already going to come into the league as elite, having that at 11 is extremely valuable. Because this is the point where you're getting to those shot in the darks, right? You're getting to only picking on upside and really has a lot of boom or bust potential. With Corey Kispert, I know he won't bust out of the league because he can shoot. And he can shoot at, an, at a high level. And I trust that that will translate to the NBA level. Now, for it seemed like the Thunder, I would not want Corey Kispert. I would view Corey Kispert as like a perfect player for, say, Toronto. Toronto did not have as good of a season they wanted to. They're going to pick pretty high. And so they can add a win-now player like Corey Kispert and not necessarily care about his upside. For the Thunder, you're going to go all upside for the most part, and as long as they have the chance to fulfill that upside, you're going to take him. For me, Corey Kispert has no upside. He's going to be what he is right now, a player who 
is a really lethal shooter that cannot be a one, two, or even a three option, but a complementary piece. And the Thunder are not in that stage where they want a complementary piece. They want somebody who can be that home run hit. They want someone who can be that top three guy. And while Corey Kispert's not that, he does gain points back in this system because of the fact that he's going to have that trait to keep him in the NBA, something you can depend on more so than the rest of this list. Number 12 is Jalen Johnson. I think that the interview process for Jalen Johnson will be big for him. I think that you'll see him rise and or fall based on how he interviews. Remember last year, the big story around LaMelo Ball was that LaMelo Ball did not interview well. Did that did that hurt him and make him fall to three? Maybe, maybe it didn't. With Jalen Johnson, I think that even more will be put on his interview process because this is a guy who left IMG Academy early. He left Duke early. There seems to be something off the court following him around to all these different stops. The interview process will be huge. Now, as a basketball player, really good rebounder, great playmaker, really good at attacking the rim. He can't shoot, but that's a theme with this draft class. He can't shoot, but he's a really good finisher at the rim. He can make plays for himself and others, and then he has that great trait of a, as a rebounder. It's just about how he interviews. And I, I don't think that he would fit in Oklahoma City. We'll see about that potential as we move forward in this process and find out who the Thunder are interviewing. But he can really catapult his way into you know that, that top eight range if he interviews well, and he can really just plummet if he has a bad interview process because there's already red flags about him off the court just based on his past that we know of. Number 13, Jaden Springer, the guard from Tennessee. Very, very gritty player. This is not a player that you're going to get that's going to be flashy. You're not going to fall in love with him in the sense of making him a face of your franchise. But he will be a fan favorite for whoever he goes to because he just does everything right. He has to overall jump shot. That's not very good. He can't finish at the rim very well. That's not very good. But what he can do is have a high IQ player with a great playmaking ability, with great defense, and high basketball IQ. While he cannot go out there and win you a game by himself, he can help facilitate wins. And this is someone who you can depend on to make the right play 10 times out of 10. And that's a trait, while he has those flaws of a jump shot, while he has those flaws of finishing through contact, that's a trait that at 13, you're not going to find very often. So that's the top 13. We'll get to the rest of the list after this, but first one's here right now. But good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. They have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited-time-only flavors that they'll rotate in there as well. So be checking BuiltBar.com as often as possible. There are nine Delicious flavors are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone at BuiltBar.com. My favorite flavor is the peanut butter brownie option. Check that out today. If you have not tried all these flavors, you can get a mixed box. The mixed box gives you two of each flavor, and you can test it out and see which one you love the most. Most of the flavors have 130 calories only. 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams sugar, and only 4 grams net carb. So try them out today at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You will get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15. 
15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Let's get now into the number 14 prospect on my big board. That's Kai Jones, the center from Texas. Great defender. Going to be a great, and I mean great, pick and roll threat at the NBA level. I do think, though, what might hinder his pick and roll ability is that it puts a lot of pressure on his point guard to make good passes based on the film that we've watched so far. Now, they're going to make better passes than they did in college. I mean, they're going to get an upgraded point guard, Kai Jones is, than what he had in college. Uh, but he did have some questionable hands at times in college to where you might need to make that perfect pass to allow him to fill into that great pick and roll threat offensively. I think if he improves his hands, though, it can go a really long way. And we've seen Thunder players improve their hands even in this last season with this coaching staff. I mean, Moses Brown has gotten a lot better at hauling things in. Of course, Tony Bradley's just been a menace with his hands. I mean, he has the softest hands in the NBA. He can catch anything. But but Moses Brown has made significant improvement in that in that realm throughout this season with the Thunder. So hopefully, if you do draft Kai Jones, he can do the same because he has that ability to score inside. Not much more than that offensively. However, defensively, he's going to be the best interior defender in this in this draft. I mean, he's going to be very very good defensively, and that's what you're drafting here at 14. You're not really drafting for his offensive game because all he can really do is, is set good screens and be a pick-and-roll option, but defensively, he can help win games on that end of the floor. Number 15, Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams, to me, reminds me a lot of Poku in the sense of, I think that with Zaire Williams, he's going to be boomer bust. Like, there's not going to be much middle ground for him. He's either going to just take off and ascend at the NBA level and be a out-of-this-world player, or he'll be out of the league in like four years. Like, I do not see very much middle ground for him. He's a really good shot creator, and that allows him to be a really good playmaker. He has very high ceiling offensively. He could be a great offensive player. And then defensively, he's very hideable. Like, I, I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's great, but he's also not going to get exposed every single play. And so if he's a hideable defender, but a great offensive player, that makes him a good all-around player in this draft. But there is a ton of what-ifs about him. I could very much see a world where his offense does not fill in and where he does not come into his own offensively. He's also not a great defender. and He doesn't really do anything good at the NBA level. But that potential to be that go-to scorer at this level, to get that somewhere in the range of 15, would be immensely valuable. At 16, I'm not going to probably say his name right, but I think his name is Alperin Sinjin, the center who is a great scorer in the interior. He's kind of that old school big in that way offensively. I think what's scary about him is that he's not a floor spacer, but he's also a tweener defensively toward defensively. I'm not sure if he can actually defend these bigger centers. And offensively, 
He's only a great paint score, which really limits uh, your spacing. And for me, just watching the film, there's not a lot of potential there that he'll ever become a good floor spacer, at least right now on tape, on paper. And so the fact that I don't think he's a great defender, and I'm not sure as a size to ever become a great defender, and the fact that I don't think he'll ever be able to space the floor, that's what's limited him in terms of climbing up my big board. Because talent-wise, he has some traits that are really good, and in fact, traits that you might rank above some of the players I have above him. But the negatives far outweigh those for me comparatively to the other players on my board. Number 17, Davion Mitchell from Baylor. He has an elite defensive ability, really good score at all three levels. He's older, he's 22. The measurables, I think, could raise a red flag for him in the, at the combine and, and whenever teams get a look at him in person. But all in all, at 17, if you're going to get someone with an elite trait like defense, just an elite trait period, you take that at 17 and hope that you can develop and get something out of him at a different area as well. Because he's a really good scorer at all three levels. Now, I think his scoring was like a big step back in the NBA as he's facing NBA defenses. But still, his scoring is is at a average level. So like he's not going to be Andre, where Andre was a great defender and just could not play effectively offensively at all. But he's also not going to be a two-way potential that Lou Dort has been so far this year and, and could progress into being more of a two-way player. He'll, he'll fall somewhere in between that for me in his NBA career. Franz Wagner is number 18 for me. Really great shooter, but I don't love anything else about him outside of that. I, I think he's only a great shooter, and that's why I have him much lower than most people do, all the way down at 18. I don't really love anything else he does on the floor. I don't really see a path for him to progress at much more than shooting. So to me, he's just going to always be only a shooter. And so at 18, that's why I'd slot him down on the big board. Number 19, Jared Butler. Really great score at all three levels. Can be a NBA bucket getter right away, but is only going to be an offensive threat, in my opinion, for his NBA career. And that's why he falls down, because he's only going to play one side of the basketball, one side of the floor, effectively. Number 20. I'm not really sure where this guy is going to be at for most people. I've seen him as low as the 60s. I've seen him as high as the 20s. I have him exactly at 20. I have him. I have AO at 20. I think that he can come into this league right now and be an elite defender and quickly become a stopper on defense and quickly become a guy like a Matisse Steibel who bursts on the scene and is able to immediately stop elite players in this league. Lou Dort bursts on the scene, immediately stops elite players in this league. I think that he can do that. I also think he's an above-average shooter from deep. Now, I don't think he's what he was last year in college. I think that last year in college from beyond the arc was a bit of an anomaly, but I do think that he'll be average at the very worst, and probably above average a little bit at the NBA level from beyond the arc. The defense is what's going to get him drafted, and unlike some of these players, while the defense will be a sticking point, he does have a ton of upside to become a better offensive player as the years go by, and he'll stick in this league for sure. And once we get this, you know, this range of 20 and 21, 22, 23, once we get in this range, you want to try to draft guys who you know will at least stick around at the NBA level, and I think that AO will do that from Illinois. Number 21, they're unsharp, great rebounder, cannot space the floor at all, no real signs of ever being able to space the floor. He's a bad free throw shooter, but he's very switchable. He can guard, I think, probably two through five at the NBA level, really good facilitator of the offense in terms of screaming, in terms of passing, in terms of second chance points. And so while he can't space the floor with a shooting, while he's not particularly a great interior scorer, like with a great post move or anything like that, he at least can do other things like the screens, like swinging the ball around, keeping the ball moving, something that Mark loves, and rebounding. 
mix that with his defense. And, and, you know, I think that Sharp, unlike some of these other bigs who are great at defense, can switch. And so in this league, you see in the playoffs all the time, they're trying to switch, they're trying to get matchups. And so if you have a big man on the floor who you cannot switch onto and immediately expose, that's a huge benefit. So I have him at 21. At 22, I have Trey Mann, the guard, who is a great shooter and can set others up. Very bad defender. He might be unplayable defensively, and he cannot get to the rim whatsoever with the ball in his hands, so that will limit his offensive game. He's really only a shooter, but if you're going to draft at 22, you just want that trait. You want that ability to have a weapon, and he would be a weapon. Now, he probably cannot play bulk minutes in the NBA, but he can at least shoot and at least have matchup-dependent minutes and, and rotational places for him just based on the matchups and based on what you need that night offensively. Coming up, we'll wrap up 23 through 30 on my NBA draft. Big board, but first one's here right now, but good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Baseball season is in full swing right now at betonline.ag. So get in on the latest news, odds, and info of all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sell the silence anymore. Get in on your chance to get into the game. As teams prepare for their playoff runs, head over to the website or use your mobile device and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On, that's our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. I want to say right now, the better good friends over at RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago, you could have been going to RockAuto.com. I feel like I'm the very best endorser for RockAuto.com because I know nothing about cars. And you might find that odd because it's a car parts store, but I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to do is go to their incredible website that's so easy to navigate, rockauto.com, tell them I make my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle that I can actually use and actually need. It's brilliant. Go right now to rockauto.com. Check it out for yourself. They have all the parts your car would ever need. Amazing selection, reliably low prices of the parts your car would ever need. RockAuto.com. Whenever you go there, tell them Lockdown sent you. And the how did you hear about a box? And they'll know what to do from there. Once again, RockAuto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will need. RockAuto.com. And so we are back on Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. When this podcast is over, Go check out the Locked On Today podcast by Peter Bukowski. He gets you all the sporting news you need in under 20 minutes every single day. It's a great way to start your morning the same way that I start mine. Locked On Today, anywhere you get your podcast from. Now we move into 23. And 23 might be my hottest NBA draft take yet. It's that at number 23, I have Isaiah Todd. Isaiah Todd from GD Ignite is 6'10 with a wingspan of 7 feet, 200 pounds. He has all the physical tools you would ever need to succeed at the NBA level. Now, for Jude Knight, he only started in two games, played 15 games, and averaged 12 points, 
almost an assist per game, almost a block and a steal per game, and then four rebounds per game on 43% shooting from the floor, 36% shooting from beyond the arc. I think Isaiah Todd is a very talented prospect, and I'd rather have Isaiah Todd than some of the other potential prospects at this point in the draft. I think that that upside is better than, say, an Isaiah Jackson, who I have at 26, who we'll get to in a second. But at 23, I have Isaiah Todd. And I think that he's kind of the forgotten about G League guy. And it's funny because Isaiah Todd was one of the most hyped up G League guys entering this phase of the new G League Ignite team. He was one of the first and the early signees on, and it was so exciting, and look at what the G League Ignite is doing. And he kind of got cast away a little bit, but he's still a very good player, and he still had a better season than most give him credit for. I have Isaiah Todd at 23 on my big board. At 24, I have Cameron Thomas, a microwave scorer, good defender in spurts. You kind of need him to get locked in more defensively, and hopefully that comes with just playing at the NBA level comparatively to college. But I like it. Good score. Guard position, I think is the I think that guard is a very valuable position in the draft, especially at this realm of the draft. And that's why at 25, I'm also going guard with Sharif Cooper, a good playmaker. I think that it'll be an elite trade for him as he develops that consistently, and that it only gets enhanced by his ability to finish at the rim. He's a good attacker, good finisher. I think he could eventually shoot better than he does in college. His shot does not seem like it needs a huge overhaul. I think he can be a better shooter than he showed in college, but a very, very bad defender, at least from what he put on tape. I do think, though, that it's salvageable. I don't think he's a bad defender for the rest of his career. I think that he's to learn and pick his spots better on when to gamble. And if he can get that under wraps and then just stay in front of people, that can elevate his defense a step above where he's at right now. 26, Isaiah Jackson. Very good athlete, very good shot blocker, very good score in the paint. Those are all kind of old school things and tools that at this point are a tiny bit redundant. I mean, there's so many great athletes now. That's not really a novelty. If he can score in the paint and finish, that is bound to take a step back as you go into the trees of the NBA. You can at least project that takes a small step back to start his career. And then a very good shot blocker. It's a highlight play, but... Is he a good all-around defender is the question that you need to ask yourself about him entering his NBA career. At 27, I have Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And for me, he wins the Aaron Craft Award. It feels like we've talked about Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the last three draft cycles. And now it's officially time to talk about him. And he'll be in the draft and he'll uh, hope, you know, get, he's going to get drafted. But at certain points in his Villanova career, I've seen him as high as top 10. And, and he's just fluctuated so much. It's hard to get a true gauge on him what the NBA feels about him. And we'll get that in the coming weeks. And we'll see that in the pre-draft process. But he's, I think, going to be a very solid rotational piece. I think that that's where he's going to be in his NBA career. And again, at 27, that's, um, that's great value at 27. There's a little bit of everything. I don't think he has a master trait, right? I don't think he has an overwhelmingly great and elite trait. But he does do a little bit of everything. And he does it all very well. And that's an all-around quality player that can fit into that rotation. At 28, I have Chris Durant, good finisher, good shooter. That's about it. He's just a good offensive player. At 29, I have Yuzman Garaba. He's a forward, elite defender, but bad at almost everything else. But he is a plus-size passer, or I should say a plus passer for his size. And that is a good trait to have at his size as a forward. But the defense is what's going to get him drafted, and you just hope that you can just find a way to get more out of him on the other side of the floor. And at number 30, the last... Of our top 30, I have Terrence Shannon Jr., the guard from Texas Tech. Very good score. He can shoot. He can drive. He can finish. Solid enough defender. 
And so, again, just a solid role player at the NBA level. That's our top 30. Let me know if you'd like me to expand this into a top 60. I've graded out 72 draftable players who I think could be drafted at some point in the NBA draft. So if you want my top 60, let me know on Twitter, and I'll record that as well, at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Until next time, we'll start our draft preview with our draft profiles on these players. Go more in-depth on each and every player with a draft profile all in the coming days here on Locked on Thunder. Follow along anywhere you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Until next time, be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.